Torah Jews always have to look at the world and world events below the surface. And if we look below the surface of these two days, today Yom HaZikaron and tomorrow Yom HaTzma'ut, and to look below the surface, you have to tune out a lot of the rhetoric and a lot of the static. We find that these are two confusing days. But each one is confusing in a very different way. After the state was founded, the decision was made to make the 5th of ER, the day of the Declaration of Independence, into Yom HaTzma'ut. And the confusion of what is the correct Torah attitude to a Jewish state founded on secular values accompanied the state relatively early on and has been unfolding for the last 75 years. You'll hear much more about that tomorrow. Hopefully you'll get some clarity on the confusion. But one of the interesting things is, is that the confusion is less today than it was 50 or 60 years ago. But today is also a confusing day for very different reasons. It was decided that the day before Yom Ha'atzmaut was going to be declared Memorial Day. Now those of you who come from America know Memorial Day is a day of shopping. Israel, it's not like that at all. Memorial Day is the day that they want to memorialize the soldiers who gave made the ultimate sacrifice so that we Jews could live in peace in Eretz Yisrael and as Torah Jews that we can turn the state of Israel into the Torah center of the world. And we want to express, to memorialize the memory of those soldiers who sacrificed their life. Where's the confusion? What's the proper way to do that? And when the state was first founded, and it was founded on secular values, basically, the decision was, how do we do it? And in my opinion, they imported something from the secular world, the not Jewish world, and that is a siren with two minutes of silence. Torah Jews, when we want to memorialize when we want to elevate the neshamos of the holy soldiers and they are holy people as we'll see in a minute because they sacrificed so the Jews could continue living. The proper way is Tehillim. The proper way is Mishnayis. The proper way is accepting Tikkun on yourself. You're going to do something better in memory to elevate, to express appreciation for those soldiers that died so that you can be here in peace. There is an element of hakaras hatov, appreciation. There's an element, a musr element called nosei ba'ol im chavero. The idea that when a Jew is in trouble, you help him carry the burden. And there are Jews who are in pain because they lost their loved ones. 
Are we feeling that? Are we caring at all? What are we doing about it? What we have the ability to do is to devote, to dedicate Tehillim, Mishnayis, learning Torah, Tikkun, minimize Machlokes in their memory. We call them Kedoshim based maybe just a modern story where you'll see why it's built on this Gemara. Once somebody went to speak to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, he wanted to know if it's okay to travel the north and take time away from Yeshiva to visit Kivrei Tzadikim. You guys know in the north all of the, of course, Lagboma's coming, people are going to travel to Rabbi Shlomo Bayochai. There's a lot of Kivrei Tzadikim and Rabbi Shlomo Zalman is purported to have said, why do you need to go to the north? Go to Har Herzl. Those are Kivrei Tzadikim. Where did that come from? It came from a Gomorrah that said, Harugei Lud, nobody in the next world can stand in their shadows. And the Gomorrah discusses what's the example of Harugei Lud. The Gomorrah says it was two Jews when there was an, a verdict after the daughter of the governor was killed so the governor said, I'm going to wipe out the entire Jewish community unless the person who killed my daughter comes forth. And nobody came forth. And two Jews, Populus and Linus, came forth and they confessed to it even though they were innocent. And the Gomorrah calls them Harug Elud. The Gomorrah says they are the holiest people because they were ready to sacrifice their lives to save the rest of the Jewish community. Soldiers sacrifice their lives to save lives of the Jewish community and you have a personal stake in that. And one of the problems that I think has happened certainly in your generation is that the reality of the Jewish state thriving with agriculture, thriving with technology, a thriving economy, the Torah center of the world, as well as being a hotbed of machlokas, you take it for granted. You don't appreciate how unbelievable this is, how miraculous it is, how fulfilling of prophecy this is. I'm not sure how many of you were paying attention on Cholamoy Pesach when we read the Haftorah, but it's the famous Haftorah in chapter 37 of Yechezkel, about the atzamot yeveshot, the dry bones. And I highly recommend, if you want to get a sense of appreciation, of fulfillment of prophecy, open up chapter 37 of Yechezkel and read how HaKadosh Baruch shows Yechezkel atzamot yeveshot, dry bones, asks, are they ever going to be relived? And HaKadosh Baruch says, they will be relived, and I'm going to open up the graves of the dead, of the dead, dry bones, and bring them back together alive, and bring them back to Eretz Yisrael. And whereas in 1930 or 1940 nobody knew what we we're talking about, after after May 1948, and what we see over the last 75 years, this is prophecy coming true. The Holocaust created a Jewish people of dead bones. And tomorrow you'll probably hear a perspective on Yom Ha'atzma'ut of how it was the 
savior of Judaism around the world three years after the Holocaust where Judaism and Jews were ready to throw in the towel. Reliving dry bones coming back to Eretz Yisrael. You've got to appreciate the miraculous nature of that. And you've got to appreciate the people who enabled that to happen. Clearly with Hashgacha Pratis, if you look what's going on, it's miraculous. You know, there are... I, I, I have to look at my notes from an older schmooze. I don't remember when I... Here, let me see if I have it here. How many countries have come into existence, new countries that the United Nations recognizes since 1948? It's over 100. How many of them, after they came into existence, are challenged? Zero. Well, one. 75 years later, we're still being challenged. Surrounded by enemies. You do a little bit of study on the War of Independence, on the Six-Day War. Miraculous. So we have miracles from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, But at the end of the day, as it says in, about Geula, that redemption happens with blood. And Yitzias Mitzrayim required Damila and Dam Pesach. And Chazal tell us that all of the Geula requires Dam. And it's clear, unfortunately, that the Dam, the Vidamayachai, we live through the blood, is the blood of the soldiers who gave their lives. So the confusion of Yom HaZikaron, ironically, has increased over the years. You're probably not that in depth, in touch with the depth of the confusion in the non-Torah world, but it starts with how do we memorialize, and then are, the fact that they gave their lives, is it so important? There was a movement to say, it's not such a big deal. What do they give their lives for? And there's a lot of confusion. And this year the confusion has been amplified. What's the role of politicians? I don't want to go into all of the confusion. But today's day has become more confusing. And we have to stay focused on the things that we know are not confusing. And the Torah way and the way the yeshiva has conducted itself for all the years is that we're going to learn Mishnayas. Le'ilui nishmas chayalim, And the custom is to learn a Mishnah. The four Mishnais that spell out the word Nishama. Then a Kelmol, a Rachamim. And there are Tehillim on your sheets where we view the proper approach is not to just stand in silence, but if you are going to stand in silence, because that's how the state of Israel has said it should be memorialized, at least be thinking, Hakara Satov, Tikkun Hamidos, what are you going to do better after 1102? in appreciation and to help elevate the neshamas of those soldiers. And there are Tehillim, and saying those Tehillim with the focus of being elevating the neshamas of those soldiers, that I think is the proper way to express appreciation and to really make a difference in those neshamas. I just want to share one last story, a famous story, between Rav Gustman and Professor Yisrael Alman, the Nobel laureate in economics. So Rav Gustman was a, survived the Holocaust, 
he had a baby taken from his arms and executed. And Professor Almon had a son who was killed in the Lebanese war. Professor Almon was very close with Rav Guzman. And when Rav Guzman went to be Menachem Oval by Professor Almon for his son killed in the Lebanese war, he's, this is what he's purported to have said. My mayor was a Kadosh. He and six million who perished are holy people. But it says, Rav Guzman, let me tell you what's going on in Olam Haba right now. Mayor, that's Rav Guzman's son who was grabbed out of his hands and killed in front of him. My mayor is welcoming your Shlomo, Shlomo was Rav Alman's son, into the minion and saying, I died because I'm a Jew. I wasn't able to save anyone else. You, Shlomo, died defending the Jewish people and the land of Israel. My mayor is a Kadosh. But your son, Shlomo, is the Shliach Tzibur. He's the cantor in the, in the heavenly minion. He said, I never sat Shiva for my mayor. I want to join and sit Shiva with you for your son, Shlomo. That's a Kadosh. Gave his life for the welfare of the Jewish people. That's the, those are the Nishamos that we have to be working on sanctifying and elevating through our avoda. It's a tremendous chus for us to be able to learn and to teach on this day. As the Rashiva said, it's a tremendous chus for them also to help their neshamas go even higher. Mishnah itself is osius neshama. If you change the letters, we're going to learn Mishnayis, as was said, that are also osios themselves of Nunshin Memhe for Mishnayis together. And on the one hand, it's just kind of disparate Mishnayis in the middle of mikvos that we'll probably forget a lot. I make sure the Chazer every year to be ready to do this. But as Rashiva said, that we're not doing a tekas here. We're not just standing up. We're learning. As much as we're learning, let's make sure it's a solid learning for the 10-12 minutes that we have, that we put our minds to it and try. And the more we're Osik Batara, the more we'll be Zoha to Malanishmasam even a little bit higher. And I want to emphasize again what the Rashiva said during the two minutes of silence. You can say Tehillim, you can say your own personal prayers also. And you also, Matov Manoim, if we can make a Kabbalah, some type of personal Kabbalah, that will carry with us, if possible, into the future, into our lives. And that will be continuing Swiss for them. That every time that your our actions are better because of that Kabbalah, which you took between 11 and 11.02, that will be another Swiss for the Chayalim. Okay, so we begin on page... 806, not 802, not 803, 806, you see the, a, uh, the word nafal, and um, the word nafal, and um, it's Mishnah Dalid. Okay? So a mikvah needs 40 saw, famous term to be kosher, that's around 200 gallons. So here we have this din. Nun, nafal l'socho yain omochel. If into the mikvah falls wine or mochel, mochel is like an olive water, some type of uh, something that comes out of uh, out of olives, v'shinu mikzas marav, and it changes part of the color of the mikvah. Of course, a mikvah has the solid, clear color of water, and the wine, which is let's say red, or the olive water, which is some type of yellowish color, 
it's that that fell in changes the color of the mikvah's water. In Ainbo Maramayim Arboim saw, if part of the mikvah does not, at least 40 saw, doesn't retain the color, the normal water color, Hareza lo yifobo. You shouldn't um, be, be tovel in that mikvah. So, meaning to say, let's say altogether there was 50 or 60 saw. There's a larger mikvah, as most mikvahs are larger than need be. And some of it has changed color. That doesn't possible it. But if at least 40 saw, at least the minimum amount of what makes a mikvah kosher, doesn't retain the normal color of a mikvah through the discoloration, which part of it has, then it is, it is not kosher. If it retains, if at least in 40 saw of the overall mikvah, the original color is retained, then it remains kosher and you can be tovel in it. Hey, uh, shin, right? See, nun, ne, now we do the shin mishnah. Shlosha lugin mayim. Okay, now a quick hakdama to this. A very important halacha, very nogea halacha today, in many, many mikvos for a lot of reasons. There's halacha, dirabanan, I believe, called mayim shuvim. If drawn water falls into a mikvah, it can invalidate a mikvah. That's why the types of pumps and types of filters that are used are sometimes questionable in halacha. Does that turn into, and we'll see more of that, it's, it's not as hard as you think to passel a mikvah. So don't play around when you go to the mikvah, you'll see. So if you have three lugin of mayim shuvim, that can passel a mikvah. Um, how much is three lugin? So the term lug is famous because of its quarter. We call it a revius, the famous revius in halacha, one of the most famous um, shiurim in halacha is called a revius. A revius is a revius of a lug. Okay? So a lug. Now let's think about that. A revius is 86, usually, gematria kos. That means that's a revius. That's a quarter of a lug is 86. That means a whole lug is 344, which is basically the size of a, coda, uh, of a soda can. Okay? That's, so a lug is basically a soda can. And three lugin is basically the size of a, uh, of, uh, like a soda bottle. Okay? Three lugins. So it's not a lot. So now shlusha, well, let's see what happens. We're not, it hasn't fallen in yet, friends. Let's see. Mishnah hey. Shlusha lugin mayim. We have three lugamayim, Vinofalatoch and Kortavyain. A little bit of wine falls into that. Haray, Vare Mareu, Kimara Hayayin, and now the look of those three lugan look like wine, Vinofalamikva Lopasalua. That doesn't passle, meaning even though officially I put three lugan water into the mikvah of three lugan mayim shuvim into the mikvah, since before it went in the um, the wine color affected it and made it look like wine and not water, therefore it doesn't passel. Okay? So you see, in the first mission, we had the wine color being problematic. Here the wine color, in fact, saves it from being mayim shuvim. Let's continue. Shlosha lugim mayim chaser kortov. Now let's say I have the same three three lugim of drawn water again. Not It's not in the mikvah yet. Chaser kortov. And it's lacking a little bit of water. It's 2.95 um, lugim. And a little bit of milk falls into it, and is mashlim finishes the shear of three lugin. So I have 2.95 mine shuvim, and I have 0.05 uh, milk. And but the look, of course, the look of the milk doesn't affect the look of the. Um, the look of the milk doesn't affect the look of the water at that small amount. So it still looks like water. But, in fact, do I have three lugum of water? I don't. I have 2.95 lugum of water and 0.05 lugum of milk. The nuffle of mikvah lo That also won't passel. 
So you see, Rubosai, according to this sheet, you need two things to apostle. You need three actual lugan of water and that it looks like water. Okay, if you put the two ideas together. Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri says, Omer hakol He says, everything goes after the Mara. Meaning to say that if it looks like water, it will apostle. So Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri is being machmir. Okay? You don't need an actual three lugan if you have 2.95, 2.95 lugan and 0.05, that will also apostle. Okay? That is, that was Nun and that was Shin. Let's go to Mem. Nishama. Mikva, Sheishbo Arbayim Sam Chuvanus. Okay, what's Mechuvanus means exactly. Like Mechuvan, Kavana means, right? Okay, so if you have a Mikva, Sheishbo Arbayim Sam Mechuvanus, if the Mikva has exactly 40, that means if one drop is less, so now you're lacking in the Mikva. Yardu Shnayim V'tablu Zacharzeh. Two people go in, Reuben and Shimon, right? Harishon Tar, Reuben is, of course, Tahor, because he went into a full Mikva. Vasheni, is Tameh. What does it mean, Tameh? He becomes Tameh means he re- retains his Tumah. You, you go into a mikvah to get out of the Tumah that you have for whatever reason. And the Rishon went into a full mikvah. But what happens? When the Rishon goes out of the mikvah, what does he take with him? Some of the water. And therefore, the second, mik- the second person who goes into the mikvah is going into a mikvah which is um, not full. That's why it's good to have a mikvah which has... More than 40 saw, of course. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says a kula. Let's see. If the feet of the first one are no geya to the mayim, right, if he keeps his foot in, his toe in, the sheni will also work. Why? Because we see the water that's on the rishon, right, the whole rishon's body is full of water, and all of that has been extracted from the mikvah, but if he keeps his foot in, so there's still a continuation, a connection, a continuum between the water that's on the body of the first person and the actual mikvah, and therefore the sheni is also tahor. That's a cooler. Review to Omer, Imhai Raghav Shirishan Nogaz B'mayim, Af HaSheni Tahor. Hit Bilbo Esasagus, what's a sagus? Sagus is like a thick cloth. If one put in a thick cloth, V'Helohu, Miktsaso no gea b'mayim tahor. You have to know, it seems to be a repeat of the same halacha. You have to know what the heck the, the chiddush is of that second halacha. Fine. Hakarva keses, that means a mattress or a cushion of leather. Hakarva keses shall or. Kemen shigibia sifsoseim min hamayim, right? Not only are we matar people, we matar sometimes clothes and other things. So you put a pillow or a uh, cushion into the of leather into the water to be it, and now you picked it up. What what happens when you pick it up? The mime that's in it becomes mime shuvim. It was called drawn water. I said that before. The word shov is means to draw, like shaktim mime b'sason, a famous pasuk. Um, so a karbakes shalor came she bias if so same in a mime hamayim shibetochan shuvim. So that makes the mime shibetochan shuvim. Now, is that a problem yet? No. Because, so, let's say I had 45 saw and have some mime shuvim. The problem is, if I pour it back into the water, back into the mikvah, that's going to create the problem. Because I have now the potential, right, there's, let's say, 45 saw left, but if I put the mime shuvim, three, the three lugan of mime shuvim back into the mikvah, that's what creates the problem. So just keep walking and don't put it back in. But if you put it back in, you're going to make a problem. So now, ketid yase, the mission will advise us, what does one do to avoid this whole problem? Matbilim osan derech shuleim. If you have to do, um, if you have to be tovo, something like, you know, a great example of this would be like a talus bag, right? And you have even, they have leather talus bags. So if you have to one time be tovo your talus bag, put it in with the, uh, put it in uh, upside down, and then the water just leans out of it and never became drawn. But if I 
picked the talus bag with the water out, now it's drawn water, and if I put it back in, I'm putting back in drawn water. Okay, that was the Nam Mishnah, and finally we get to the He Mishnah, I'm being Mashlam Nishama, Hitbil Boes Amita. One, a bed can also become Tamei, ritually impure. So one is Tovel et Amita. Right? Let's say it's a more natural mikvah, not a not one that has a cement floor. So when the raglaim go into the titave, the deep, um, the deep, excuse me, the thick dirt, mud in the bottom of the natural mikvah, it's still tahor. Meaning, to, what's the issue? It looks like I don't have all of the bed in the mikvah at the same time, right? Because by the time the legs get down there to that point, the top isn't necessarily there. So I don't have the whole, um, I don't have the whole object. In the, I don't have the whole object in the mikvah at the same time. That's okay. That's what I understand because the water came before. So since the water, the legs hit the water first and they continue their downward descent, that's okay. Even though in the end the legs end up in the thick uh, mud. Mikvah shimema merudadim. A mikvah that has merudad means shallow, a very shallow mikvah. What's the problem with a shallow mikvah? Now obviously it has forty saw. If it doesn't have forty saw, it doesn't work. But you can't get in there, right? It's too low to get in. So what do you do? Mikvish shemeimam rudadim, kobish afilu chavila eitzim, afilu chavili kanim. One is allowed to press down. Kobish means in halacha like makbesha, means press down, language of, of conquer, but pushing down. Kobish afilu chavila eitzim, afilu chavili kanim. One is allowed to push down um, a, a pack of rods or a pack of sticks in order to raise the level of the water. Right? Now you still obviously have 40 saw, and that's okay, and that's okay. What's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? You might have thought that since I have these bundles in the mikvah, it separates it into two separate mikvah, and therefore, let's say I would have two bodies of 25 uh, saw, etc., not one body of 40, mikvah, 40 saw, or 45 or 50 saw. No, since there's still water flowing in between, so therefore we still see the whole mikvah as one system. And finally... Machat shinatuna al maalot ma'ara. Right, um, if you have a needle that is on the steps, maalot means like steps, like the basic mikdash of the shir hamaalot, the songs of the steps. Machat shinatuna al maalot ma'ara hayamolech umevi hamayim. This is very interesting, right? If um, let's say you have the ebb and flow of the water of the mikvah, it's coming in, coming out, etc., and you have the machat on the step, so it's not really clear, was the, was the, mikv, was the, was the um, needle part of the whole mikvah or not when the water swept over it? That's the question. Since a wave of water goes over it, tohora. And with that we finish the Shema.